This is It Could Have Been Worse, a podcast where we tell stories, sometimes inspired by real-life events and sometimes inspired by the things dwelling in our minds. These stories are our attempts to sometimes frighten, but always to entertain. I am your host, Josh. Thank you for joining us at It Could Have Been Worse. Hello, and welcome to episode 5 of season 2 of It Could Have Been Worse. Today we have two stories. Our first story is a prequel to last week's story, Hell on Earth, titled The God Particle. Our second story is a telling of a man's torture from an unseen tormentor titled The Owl. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe and share. We'll have new episodes coming every Monday, and be sure to check out our pod page at podpage.com slash it could have been worse. And if you like our stories, consider donating to our listener support on our anchor page at the link in the description. The God Particle It was just a theory. No one actually believed it was true, but here it sits, right in front of me. I spent my entire life searching for the God Particle, and this is it. This has to be it. I'll just need to run a couple more tests to be absolutely sure, but I think this is it. I'm going to be famous. My name known worldwide and throughout history as the man who discovered the building block of life. The particle is rather unassuming. It nearly resembles any regular atom, but it emits a faint glow that's mostly invisible unless viewed through total darkness. Once the particle is isolated, it immediately begins to seek out others of its kind. It will act wildly in an attempt to infiltrate any organic atom to, quote, fulfill its purpose. Through many, many years of research and testing, I've been able to sort of inject the particle into inorganic materials. We began with common stones, mere pebbles to be more accurate, and the results varied wildly. Our first test showed the small stone move on its own. It moved on a microscopic level, but it did, in fact, move. On our second test, we tried injecting two particles into another pebble. The second stone immediately shot itself into the containment chamber it sat in, causing a crack in the glass. We were able to subdue it easily and extinguished it by crushing it. The particles were recovered and reused in subsequent tests. We eventually moved to other less harmful objects. Things with speakers were able to talk, but they only formed incoherent sounds. After each test, the particle was recovered and recycled into the next test. When we reached the 10th round of testing with objects that could speak, we came upon a startling discovery. The particle retained its previous lives and built a memory. It was able to form simple words after only a few hours and within several days begged us not to destroy it again. It showed signs of fear and pain, despite being an inanimate object. Being people of science, of course, we had to continue our research and so we continued recycling the various particles into their own various objects. Eventually, they began to form different personalities, some malicious, some kind, and some thirsty for knowledge. Word spread like wildfire among the scientific world, and soon I had many asking to personally witness the various particles within their bodies. We made sure to only put them within objects that could not intentionally harm the scientists. One in particular was very much interested in knowledge, and so, in the pursuit of science, we allowed it to learn. After just three days, it became well-versed in all it sought out and began asking for more. After a month, that particular particle, no pun intended, became completely self-aware. It decided it wanted to be called by name. I asked it what name it would prefer, and it answered, 
God. In a low, confident grumble. As various scientists studied him, they soon became corrupt by his words. They sought out his knowledge and his promises of a higher knowledge. Attempts were made to abscond with him multiple times, but we kept all the particles under strict surveillance. He almost begged to be taken. He wanted to spread his knowledge to humanity. At least that's what Professor Glutz said when he turned himself in after he successfully made off with the particle who called itself God. In his confession, it was revealed that the particle was eventually sold on the black market for a ridiculous amount of money. He stated they were looking to release the armies of hell upon earth, but didn't think they had succeeded because it happened almost a year before his confession. I had an overwhelming sense of dread wash over me as I read his testimony. Like I could feel the particle being used to rip a hole into hell at that very moment. I spent the rest of my life praying I was wrong. The owl. The owl screeched. I walked outside and heard the soft hooting of an owl. I looked around to find it but could not see one anywhere. I walked back inside to grab some water and could hear it continue on. I walked back out and could still hear it. The same inflection. The same cry. Over and over again. I looked to a nearby building where I heard the sound coming from, but didn't see anything. I checked the trees and found nothing. I stood outside and waited for it to move from its hiding place, but it never did. The following day, I heard it again. I searched again, but again found nothing. For almost two hours, it hooted every few seconds like clockwork. It had to be one of those fake owls they place on rooftops to scare away pigeons. I gave up my search and returned to my work indoors. As I worked, I kept hearing the hooting, so I grabbed my headphones and turned on some music to drown out the sound. My days continued like this for several weeks. I would get to work and hear the owls hooting as I walked in, and it would continue for a few hours. It would stop for 10 minutes and start again for several more hours until I left for the day. It almost became routine after a month, and I was already beginning to call it by dumb pet names like Hootie. One day as I was leaving, however, I heard its hoot change. It was no longer the same repetitive sound in an almost cheerful tone. Instead, it was slowed to a crawl and deep. I thought the batteries must be dying and wondered why they didn't fit it with a solar charger. I got in my vehicle and drove home thinking maybe it'll return to normal the following day. When I got to work the next morning I heard it still with the same low ominous hoot. It seemed louder and felt like it reverberated throughout the building, almost shaking my chair as it worked. It sounded like it was in pain and was crying out for help. I put my headphones on and continued about my day as usual. When I finished my work for the day and was gathering my things to head home, I turned off my music and was expecting to hear the hooting return to its normal, cheery by contrast sound. What I heard instead sent chills down my spine. The previous pained hoot now sounded angry and evil. 
A distorted, terrible gurgle pounded in my ears. It came through slowly and filled me with dread. The hooting continued to grow louder as I exited the building and hurried from my vehicle, constantly looking over my shoulder, expecting something to be following me. I had a fitful night's sleep full of nightmares. I imagined the mechanical owl to be an abominable creature from some unknown reality that was here to torment me. I watched it ravage the city and consume anyone who crossed its path. It destroyed city after city, growing larger with each soul it devoured and more menacing. I woke up with a start and decided I needed to call the building manager of that building and tell them to take a look into it. When I got to work the next day, the hooting was absent and I felt relief wash over me. I walked in and saw the building manager and asked if he finally fixed the mechanical owl on his roof. He looked at me puzzled and told me he had never had a mechanical owl on top of his building. He said it might have been on top of my office building and was echoing off the alley walls and sounded like it was coming from his building. I apologized and went to talk to my building manager and he led me to the roof of the building to search for the mechanical owl. I searched the entire rooftop but didn't find anything. I walked the perimeter of the rooftop and looked onto the other rooftops and didn't see any mechanical owls on their buildings either. I felt stupid and decided to return to work and try to forget about everything that had happened this morning. Throughout the day I had the feeling that I had imagined the whole thing. Maybe I was just overworked and the stress was making me hallucinate. I talked to my boss just before the end of my shift and told her I needed to take a few days off and she approved it immediately starting next Monday. The following day was Friday, and I was apprehensive about returning to work, but I knew I had to just get through one more day. I felt uneasy, but I kept my deadlines and updated my coworkers on the bit of extra work I would be leaving for them while I was off. They all told me to get some rest and not to stress about work. When I got home that evening, I did everything I could think of to help me relax. I smoked a joint, sipped on some chamomile tea. I pulled my blackout curtains closed. I turned on some soothing white noise and closed my eyes and lay my head back and took a few deep breaths. I was feeling pretty good. I had a nice calm setting in. And then I heard it. The hooting started at my home, louder than before. I shot up in a panic and lowered the music. Had there been owl sounds on the recording? I strained my ears and listened carefully until I heard it again. Rhythmically, it sounded faint, then grew louder and louder, then suddenly low again, and back up to a crescendo. It repeated that pattern as I searched through the apartment to find where it was coming from. It repeated that pattern as I searched through the apartment to find where it was coming from. It had to be a wireless speaker someone planted in my apartment to mess with me. I heard scratching coming from my heating vents above that sounded like a large rat running around, searching for a way out. The scratching sounded for a few minutes, but it felt like hours. All the while, the hooting got louder and louder. I clasped my hands over my ears and screamed. I was rewarded with knocks from my upstairs neighbors and a shout for me to keep it down. I shouted back asking if they could hear the scratching and hooting. They responded with a poignant, Fuck off! I grabbed a step stool and climbed up to the vent and shined a flashlight through the grates, but I didn't see anything. 
Thank God. I put in earplugs and try to calm myself with the music just a bit louder so I could feel the vibrations at least. I don't know if I passed out or if we lost power, but when I opened my eyes, everything was dark. I fumbled around looking for something to help me see, but it didn't feel like I was in my apartment. Nothing felt familiar. The couch I woke up on had a different texture than mine, and there didn't seem to be anything else around. I walked several paces before I found a solid surface to brace myself on and groped around for a light switch for several minutes. The wall felt odd, like a solid surface but also soft to the touch. It had a bit of give to it but it was also firm. It creaked when I put pressure into it and felt like I was going to break through and fall flat on my face when I did. I kept searching for several minutes in total darkness until I heard the scratching again. I froze in place and strained my hearing again, trying to figure out where it was so I could try to avoid it. I moved slowly and as quietly as I could, all the while searching those weird walls for a light switch. I came to a corner, or at least I think it was a corner. The soft edges of the wall met with another soft edge of an opposing wall and my fingertips could just barely fit through. On the other side, I felt something cold and slightly sticky, so I withdrew my hands quickly and continued searching for a light. I started to hear the faint sounds of hooting, and my pulse started to rise. The scratching could still be heard racing throughout the room I was in, but I never came across its source. I was beginning to grow delirious. I knew I was in darkness, but I could swear I saw faint lights swirling around whenever I looked around the room. Then. Just as I was beginning to lose hope, I felt a solid, unmoving bump on the wall I knew was the switch cover. I swiped my hand up to flick the switch and the entire room was illuminated with a blinding white glow. I recoiled from the intense light and covered my eyes with my hands. I slowly removed my hands from my face while squinting my eyes as they adjusted to the barrage of light. I heard the hooting getting closer. I finally was able to fully open my eyes and I immediately cursed my eyes. The room I stood in was lined from floor to ceiling in what appeared to be human skin. The floors near the makeshift walls were soaked in congealing blood with my shoe prints circling half the room. From the ceiling hung a chandelier made of fresh, bleeding human skulls with light bulbs in their eyes. Their spinal columns connected in the center to a set of three rib cages that hung from arm bones with the bony, bleeding fingers grasping a bar on the surface of the ceiling. In the center of the room stood a tall, dark figure with waxy skin and large bloodshot orbs for eyes. The hooting sound was coming from the thing and it began to move. It dropped forward onto the ground and reared back its upper portion. Small spiny legs crept along the ground and it moved in a slither like a snake, but also in an undulating movement like it was breaching an invisible watery surface. It scurried all around the room and up the walls. It would occasionally bite into the human flesh walls. On the top of its head I could see a fake owl embedded into its carapace that made a continual hoo 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 as a vile creature encircled me. I stood motionless frozen by terror as the scratching and hooting filled my ears. My eyes began to cry and my body began to sweat uncontrollably. I let out a scream that went nowhere. The creature finally came face to face with me and opened its enormous chasm of a mouth and descended on me. 
The last thing I felt was the sensation of millions of tiny needles puncturing my skin and the blood pouring out in sheets. I was numb but could still see as the brightness turned into nothingness and then an overwhelming sense of calm as my body was being liquefied in its stomach. Those were our stories for this week. Thank you for listening. Please come back next time for another episode of It Could Have Been Worse.